0: Hello, this is Gurmeher from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 28th of February. The Supreme Court has dismissed Manish Sisodia's petition seeking bail and challenging his arrest by the CBI in the excise policy case. The court initially told Delhi's deputy chief minister to approach the Delhi High Court, but it agreed to hear his petition after Sisodia's lawyer, advocate Abhishek Singhvi, Referred to the Supreme Court's 2021 judgment in the Vinod Dua case. The 2021 verdict had referred to the Lalita Kumari and P. Sirajuddin cases, which suggested that the public servant could only be arrested with the appointing authority's approval and a non public servant only with the SSP's clearance. The case against Sasodia pertains to alleged fraud and bribery in the now scrapped excise policy, which was cleared by the Ahmadmi Party government in Delhi. Sisodia's home was among those searched by the CBI. Meanwhile, hearing the petition on Tuesday, Chief Justice D.Y. Chandachur said, and I quote, that our doors are open but we are not ready to entertain. This will be a very bad precedent and just because it's happening in Delhi, unquote. The BJP is likely to retain power in Nagaland and Tripura while Meghalaya may have a hung assembly. These are among the major takeaways from exit polls on the Meghalaya, Nagaland and Tripura Assembly polls, whose results will be declared on the 2nd of March. In Meghalaya, Chief Minister Konrad Sangma's National People's Party is predicted to win the highest number of seats with a range of 18 to 26 constituencies. The TMC and United Democratic Party are expected to do well with a range of 8 to 14 seats predicted for each. The BJP is expected to increase its seats tally from 2 to anywhere between 3 and 6. The polls also show that there may be a hung assembly in Meghalaya with no clear majority for any party. In Nagaland, exit polls indicate that the BJP and its ally, the Nationalist Democratic Progressive Party, may win a second term. They are projected to win anywhere between 35 and 49 of the 60 assembly seats. The Naga People's Front (NPF) is predicted to win 2 to 10 seats and the Congress is likely to win 1-3. The NDPP contested elections on 40 seats while the BJP was in the fray in 20. In Tripura, the Tipra-Motha may emerge as the kingmaker in case the BJP falls slightly behind the majority mark. The BJP is predicted to secure 36-45 to seats with a large number of them in the plains populated by Bengali voters. The Left-Congress alliance is likely to get only 6 to 11 seats with a 32% of the popular vote, a significant decrease from the 43% vote share in 2018. In tribal areas, Tipra Mota, founded by former royal Pradyot Keshwar Manikya Debarman, is projected to win 9 to 16 seats. Meanwhile, the Left-Congress combined expressed doubts on the exit polls with Congress leader Sudip Roy Barman saying, and I quote, The BJP will end up in single digits. People have voted against the lawlessness prevailing in the state. It was a revenge vote against the party in power. Unquote. Tipra Mota President Pejoy Kumar Rankwal said his party would consider supporting any government that agrees to the demand for a separate Tipra land. Listeners, in Nagaland, it's clear with this election that the number of women taking part in informal politics is rising. But it remains fraught with contradictions. Although Naga women have always been accepted and encouraged to participate in politics as active members in campaign, voting and political mobilisation for various parties, men continue to dominate formal politics, as they do in other aspects of Nagaland's key decision-making bodies. That Nagaland state has never elected a woman to its assembly in its 60-year history indicates a serious gender inequality in electoral politics. Out of the 183 candidates in the fray this year, only four are women. But who are these four women? To know more, read Nona Arhe's piece on Newslaundry.com. It is titled, 60 Years, No Women MLAs, Nagaland's Four Women Candidates Carry the Hopes of Generations. We are able to bring you such reports and analysis only because you've got our back. Subscribe to Newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only Rs 300 a month. The Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has launched the Grievance Appellate Committee portal under the IT rules. This is a government-appointed body that can be approached by users dissatisfied with decisions made by content intermediaries' grievance officer. This comes despite significant pushback from the industry and civil society. Although social media platforms already have a process for accepting complaints and appeals against takedowns, the GACs will have the final say on these appeals. The IT ministry is also working on a Digital India Bill to provide a stronger legal foundation for the IT rules and other digital laws, although no specific details have been disclosed yet. News Laundry had earlier reported how each GAC will comprise three government-appointed full-time members, including a chairperson. One must be former government officer, while the other two will be independent members. A user with a grievance will first approach the intermediary's grievance officer, who must acknowledge the complaint within 24 hours and resolve the grievance within 72 hours for some kinds of content, and within 15 days for others. Content with non-consensual nudity must be taken down within 24 hours of receiving the complaint. Last year, the IT rules were amended to require social media companies to respect citizens' rights and three committees were set up in January to receive complaints about the implementation of these amendments. The GSC portal is now open to the public and the committee's orders will determine the outcome of content appeals. The Supreme Court has issued a notice to the Tamil Nadu government over a petition alleging disappearance of 41 case files related to idle theft cases, according to the Hindu. The court may now hear the matter on 14th of April. The theft cases pertain to antique idols, artefacts, jewels and other properties estimated to be worth over 300 crore. The petitioner, advocate Elephant G Rajendra, has demanded a court-monitored SIT probe led by a retired police officer. He claimed that the police made no headway in the theft cases despite directions from the Madras High Court. The petitioner also alleged that some of the police officers involved now have high ranks in the police force. The court has sought the response of the Tamil Nadu Home Secretary, DGP, Hindu Religious and Charitable Endowments Commissioner, and the additional DGP heading the idol theft wing. The case has attracted public interest given the cultural and historical significance of temple properties in Tamil Nadu. China's foreign minister Kin Gang will attend the G20 foreign minister's meeting in Delhi on Thursday at the invitation of his Indian counterpart S.J. Shankar. This will mark the first Chinese high-level visit to India in more than three years. The focus of Kin's visit is the G20 meeting, but it is being seen as a significant step forward in bilateral relations after prolonged tensions over the boundary dispute. The COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent border dispute have stalled bilateral exchanges since early 2020. Last week, Joint Secretary East Asia and the Ministry of External Affairs, Shilpak Ambule, held talks in Beijing with senior Chinese border officials, including Chinese Assistant Foreign Minister Hua Chunying. This marked the first of such in person talks since July 2019. During the discussions, both sides explored proposals for disengagement in the remaining friction areas along the Line of Actual Control LAC to create conditions to restore normalcy in relations. Kin Gang's scheduled visit and the recent talks between officials from both sides signify a positive development in the strained bilateral relationship between India and China. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.